0: Hi, it's Connor Svensson here, founder of Web3 Labs, and your host of the Web3 Innovators podcast, where you'll hear from those people changing the face of finance and other industries with Web3 and blockchain technologies. My guest today is Rajesh Sinha, co-founder of LaunchNodes. LaunchNodes provides non-custodial, enterprise-grade Ethereum solo-staking services on a number of leading cloud platforms and clients' own hardware the company's focus is on bringing ethereum solo staking to the masses through a modular approach prior to founding launch nodes rajesh worked across a number of technology roles within investment banking rajesh it's fantastic to be speaking with you today likewise thanks for the invitation connor great speaking with you so crypto blockchain or web3 what was it that pulled you in really
1: just a major fan of the technology and and the potential i suppose so Myself and, and two other founders co-founded Launchnodes back in April 2020, just on, on the basis that we think blockchain is going to change the world. We think Ethereum in particular is going to be a general purpose technology. We think it's going to help bank the unbanked. It brings kind of programmable money to the world. So it's all it's super exciting and super powerful. And the technology itself is pretty exciting, but actually the applications are immense, I suppose, from from every perspective
0: and had you been dabbling with the technology before you founded launch nodes what were you up to uh, yeah right 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 beforehand that made you feel right now's the time let's jump and do this
1: yeah so i i think been interested in the technology and interested in how bitcoin was kind of developed and the whole concept of shared databases and blockchains but actually It was when Ethereum started to move towards being proof of stake that we kind of really piqued our interest because the energy efficiency gets a lot better. The potential for um, Ethereum as with its smart contracts and other things became a lot more interesting to us. What had I been doing before that? i had been really working with blue chip corporates, helping them reduce their carbon footprint. And again, blockchain has an immense potential there. For tracking carbon and and tracking you kind of know renewables, so there was a fit there. But actually, I felt and we felt that by making Ethereum much more accessible to people, you know, we could help growth of of Ethereum as a blockchain.
0: And so back in 2020, you were uh, aware that the the transition was happening. There was of course, whilst I think us in the Ethereum community had a great deal of confidence in the ability of the technology to actually do the transition seamlessly there was no doubt you know, there's an additional sort of layer of risk it associated with the business because there is always you're working towards this target and there was a real risk that dates could slip further and so on and so forth so was, was that quite a big challenge for you guys or did you just sort of you know, take that leap like so many and just say that it's it's going to be transitioning to proof of stake we, we believe in the, the the community and it'll happen on time and let's just not worry about that side
1: yeah so it uh, that absolutely was a consideration and a risk and you know we we kind of knew a lot of the development community and we knew how things were shaping up and we had a lot of confidence in the ethereum community and developers and I, i think actually it's a little known secret what a major technology achievement it was to switch from proof of work to proof of stake so seamlessly there weren't major hiccups there weren't major challenges and it all just happened it's almost like you know shifting a a, a a huge kind of ship from from one shipping channel to another without anyone noticing it's an absolutely immense task especially when you consider that most of the developers are working from home remotely there is no CEO of Ethereum. It's it's a bunch of guys who are all working with the same kind of ambition and challenge. So we're kind of very fortunate to have been a small part of that. But really, we bet on the technology. We we thought that Ethereum, you know, there there are hundreds of other kind of chains out there, but we think Ethereum is by far the kind of most superior. And that's kind of what we built our business on. We do support other chains and we are, you know, we do think there's a lot of merit in in some of the other blockchains, but actually maturity the capabilities the tooling for ethereum is, is something uh very special
0: and thinking about the staking landscape more more broadly now when when proof of stake was turned on for ethereum it's enabled people to get a yield on their ether by staking it and then subsequently earlier on this year in april withdrawals were enabled which enabled people to Actually, obtain that the the yields that they'd earned in the last uh, year or two from from Ethereum, but for for yourselves as a company, you're targeting a lot of corporates as well with this. And how how do you see the sort of institutional landscape and business views of staking? Because I think for us who you know, have been involved in the Ethereum for a long time you know we we drinkers of the Kool-Aid as uh, our you know Americans would say you know we we definitely have that belief there but then there's that other side the staking's kind of it's quite a unique type of financial opportunity for businesses insofar as here's a way of you know holding this still relatively new type of asset cryptocurrencies but also having a what is the equivalent anyway of like a, a risk-free return although you know i use those words somewhat cautiously there
1: yeah so again i think part of our role coming from you know investment banking background and, and working in tradfi, part of our role is to kind of bridge the two worlds of web3 and crypto and traditional finance and kind of help people understand where there are opportunities i think what we've seen over the past couple of years is most inst- institutions have not delved into staking in any any major way because they don't have a mandate to. So, you know, a lot a lot of organisations only until recently couldn't hold digital assets. Whereas now you're seeing the likes of BlackRock and and PayPal and Square and Tesla and everyone in MicroStrategy all holding immense amounts of of blockchain or other digital assets on their balance sheets and and doing things with them. Where we have seen a lot of excitement is amongst family offices, amongst hedge funds who are seeing the opportunity and they're thinking, okay, we might have bought bonds in the past or put our money into various other kind of real estate investment trusts or things. Staking is a great opportunity for us. Let's set up our nodes and and earn a 5% or 10% yield, depending on which kind of blockchains you're looking at. So it, it has been slow. Traction has been slow from kind of commercial clients. But as I say, the kind of leaders amongst the pack are high net worth individuals, family offices and um, hedge funds, essentially, who are kind of leading the charge, I suppose. But we're expecting the floodgates to open at some point. Regulations you know, a major factor there as well. I think a lot of people are kind of sitting on the fence. They've seen you know, what's happened with Coinbase and Kraken and, and various other um, entities that have offered staking and been threatened for doing so. So people are now a little bit more wary about, is this a business activity we want to be embracing? Um, but ultimately, again, if you look at some of the major players in in finance, the Goldman Sachs of this world, the JP Morgans, all of them are making a move into digital assets in a big way and staking in in a big way. And running blockchains for other things as well. So payment systems, central bank um digital currencies and things as well. So it's not purely about staking.
0: But if we just, just I suppose, close off the conversation on the staking, then from the perspectives of those those folks such as family offices and hedge funds that you referenced there, for, for them it's more another diverse uh, income stream. Whilst it's kind of questionable, um, you know, how much the crypto markets are correlated with other markets, they're certainly not neutral in that respect, but that, that's kind of the angle there for them, presumably.
1: Yes, exactly. It is that diversification story depends on your kind of long term views of what you think the direction of travel is for different digital assets. But I think people want to be a part of it and realise that they might be missing the boat if they're not investing or staking potentially.
0: And do, do you think that down the line, we could have a mechanism whereby staking type Technology is used for more traditional types of assets. So, I mean, right now we have all of this, these, these infrastructures and ecosystems that are heavily geared towards crypto assets, uh, and it, you know, that, that underpins a lot of DeFi. Yes, we have stable coins, but there's there's also these you know, the potential anyway for more and more of the crypto-native type technology to leak into and yeah, the the tradfi landscape. I think stablecoins are a good example of that, but certainly uh, staking specifically. Do you think there could be a way there too? Yeah.
1: So as you say, I think a lot of the use
0: cases so far have been very
1: focused on you know, financial outcomes or or financial products, um, with things like NFTs and with kind of um, tokenization of assets, for example. It, you know the use cases become immense so again a lot of the financial institutions we're talking to aren't necessarily staking right now but they are thinking about can we put real estate assets onto the blockchain can we put bonds onto the blockchain can we put you know other assets art onto the blockchain and allow people who don't have the, the means to buy a whole hotel to buy a room within a hotel or buy a square foot of a stadium. So there's lots of you know, exciting use cases which make a lot of sense and provide the traceability and provide the friction-free transactions from things like asset tokenization and private blockchains.
0: Certainly an incredibly interesting space. And I, I think that it's it's something that we're going to see more and more of in terms of if you think about the the average person who has no interest in crypto, but they just want a safe place to park their money, They need these assets to look familiar. If they're cryptocurrencies, then it's a bit too alien for people who don't have an interest in crypto or the exposure to the volatility that comes with it. 100%, totally agree. And so with with launch nodes now, you started off focusing on just Ethereum staking, but you've started to also be involved with other ecosystems as well, still tied in with the, the, the staking overall, but there's certainly been some, there's significant work that you've been doing there such as impact staking and also I know the the recent uh, vote that uh, went very much so in your favor with Lido these are a couple of things that you'd be happy to talk about here. Yeah absolutely
1: there are a couple of things we love to talk about so firstly on on the impact staking side one of the things we wanted to do was to kind of do good with our company not purely be a kind of financial play, or it'll all be about, you know, market valuation of, of, of launch nodes. So we set out quite early on to look at how we could use staking for good causes and to deliver kind of societal benefits, I suppose. So we've done some some work with Save the Children and with other kind of global multilaterals where um, we're taking staking rewards and using that to fund things like broadband in schools in Africa or using it to fund computer devices in in um for, for save the children and we're hoping to scale that up significantly so we've just been awarded a grant from lido to to build staking uh, impact staking into their protocol so if you staked with lido you could then say okay i want a percentage of my rewards to go to a good cause and, and you know we're, we're massively appreciative of that opportunity and we think it can have huge huge benefits and the other side to that is, we, as you say, we've, we very much started off as a solo staking service provider. I suppose where we're not, you know, running a platform of nodes, we're not taking people's money and, and staking on their behalf. What we're doing is helping people to become solo stakers. But we realised quite early on that, you know, the 32 ETH that you need to become a solo staker for Ethereum is something of a barrier to entry, and to enable most, you know, as many people in the world to access staking, there are folks like Lido and Obol and Rocketpool and various others who make it very straightforward to stake if you've got a small amount of ETH. So, again, we're, we're fortunate to have teamed up with Lido and we're hoping to kind of support decentralization across their infrastructure by offering nodes, particularly in, in Asia and Africa, where that there isn't so much blockchain infrastructure and it helps to kind of decentralize the network. So those are kind of two of the most recent developments from our side.
0: I think it would be helpful as well to dig a little bit deeper into impact staking as well for people because certainly how I understand it, it does kind of change the funding model as well that's available insofar as you're not actually donating funds to causes. It's it's in a it's kind of like holding an amount of value in escrow or rather than actually giving the funds.
1: That's exactly right. So, uh, and, th- and thanks for kind of coming back to it, because it is, as you say, a kind of radical change to the way that causes can be funded. If you, as a, as a potential donor, thought, okay, you've got $1,000 and you wanted to give it to a good cause, instead of giving it to a good cause, you could stake it and use the rewards that are being generated from that $1,000 to fund the good cause. And at the end of year or two years or five years you could take your thousand dollars back so it becomes a super exciting way of, of save the children or give directly or any of the other kind of major causes that we support to to receive funds with with the donors or the stakers knowing that they can get their money back if they want to and the other piece to that is making it a very data rich experience so you know, rather than writing a check to a charity and then not necessarily knowing what impact you've had, we can make the whole process very much data-led. So how many broadband connections were made to schools in Africa, how many trees were planted in a particular region, how many children had their lives improved with Save the Children. So by feeding that data back in, you can make very informed decisions about where you want your staking rewards to go as a as an entity or as, as an individual. So that, again, is uh, quite exciting.
0: And I think, too, that the, these are some of the most interesting areas in terms of how Web3 and blockchain technology is actually impacting you know, the, the world in these regards and that it, it provides these new models to actually pro- provide funding here in a way that gives this sort of transparency that just simply is, wasn't there previously with these sorts of things. So the team have got a lot on their plate anyway right now with this uh, the, the impact staking work and working with Lido. Uh, but, but what are kind of the, the other initiatives that you're thinking about and focused on over the next few years? As you,
1: as you say, we do have a pretty busy roster of activities. The other key thing that we're kind of doubling down on is we know that it's technically quite challenging for people to stake Ethereum themselves. And so what we're aiming to do is to make that user experience much, much more straightforward and much simpler while still giving people the control over their nodes and not making it a kind of staking as a service offering. So we're kind of focused very heavily on providing a user experience and a user interface to staking that we may well open source and we've got plans to kind of make that available on a widespread basis. So anyone who wanted to stake doesn't have to, you know, understand the, the innards sort of google cloud or command line interfaces but have a very straightforward way to to stake with a with a client software that that they're happy to use so we're engaging across the kind of ethereum community to kind of make that happen it's only early, early days for that but we think that will help change the game there's some concerns that some of the bigger platforms are getting a lot of custom for stake teeth and you know, rebalancing that with more solo stakers is something that we're trying to support as well. Um, so that user interface is quite important, and pushing that out and getting people's feedback on that is something that we'll be doing over the next
0: few months. It's it's funny how the technology just evolves at such a rate, but then there's still so many ways in which the user experience just needs to improve with many different angles of all of this. So if we're fast-forwarding a bit, sort of into ten years down the line from now, where where do you think this this staking will have evolved to. Let's we'll talk about staking rather than web3 specifically or crypto because I think given your your focus there I'd, I'd, I'd love to I'm sure you've you've thought about some forward projections in terms of how you'd like the world to be with respect to it.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of talk at the moment about what should the minimum amount be for you to run a node and be a solo staker and should the limits be pushed up to 2048 ETH per node or should it be some fraction of 32. So there's discussions around that. I mean from a from our perspective we'd like staking to be very widespread we'd like people to be able to do it say on their mobile phone and on on very simple straightforward devices we're seeing a lot of progress around the nodes that people can run not necessarily having to be kind of full nodes with all the kind of legacy history of the entire blockchain which takes up terabytes on a on a server So. Having more lightweight clients and allowing people to stake from their home on their home broadband very easily is progress as as we see it. But more importantly than all of that, I think is that user experience and people not necessarily knowing that they're staking behind the financial product that they're being offered. You know, you you might want to log into your mobile phone in the morning, and if you've got some spare cash in in your account, it it gets staked, and, and that's kind of behind the scenes, and you don't have to know any of the guts of any of the staking protocols or anything else. It's its just a service that's there. And there's a wealth of other services that can be on, built on top of staking. So we've talked about um, impact staking and how that, that model works. But similarly, you could have assets where um, some of the revenue goes automatically into staking. You could build various different models where staking is kind of at the heart of it. So you know, we see the opportunities are almost endless and we see number of nodes just snowballing
0: from here, essentially. Yeah, and and with that growth, do 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 you think? And this ties, I guess, back to the impact staking aspects of it as well. There's, I mean, certainly no doubt with many of the conversations you've had with people, there's they've said, yeah, you know, I'd love to see a fraction of my rewards going to good good causes. Do you certainly see a world where the majority of stakers are making that decision to divert? Funds that way to these these to good causes while in fact staking these sorts of initiatives.
1: Yeah, I certainly hope so. And one of the issue, I mean, you mentioned how in April people were able to take their money off off nodes, and that process also isn't a five second tran- transaction right now. It, you know, it takes time to to move your money away from nodes. Less so with liquid staking protocols like Lido, but when you have a world where you can park your money in effectively a high interest bank account in the blink of an eye and take your money out of it. I think there'll be a lot of products where, you know, your mortgage payments might be backed by staking where effectively you can, you can pay your mortgage through your staking rewards or, or other products like it. And that would then mean that people are much more comfortable saying, okay, Portion of my income or portion of my staking rewards will go to charity or can go to charity, and they won't feel feel the pain because they're getting higher rewards anyway. So, in answer to your question, yes, I think that a lot of people will embrace giving some of their rewards to good causes, especially when they can see the outcomes and see the benefits of doing that.
0: It really does sort of slot in with this this true sort of programmable money thesis as well, whereby. It's just taking rewards is just another type of fund which you can you know, automate exactly where they go. The other beauty of blockchain, obviously,
1: is the transparency. So,
0: you know, one of the challenges
1: that you know, causes around the world to suffer from is money going to places where it wasn't supposed to, and the, the you know the audit trail around projects with blockchain all of that kind of goes away and there's much more clarity about has the money gone from your wallet to the good cause and is being delivered it's delivering benefits on the ground so again a huge benefit of blockchain and and, and web three
0: really and i'm certainly interested just in the, the the time we've got left to dig a little bit deeper into some of those potential rails that could be built there as well because uh again the the, the ecosystems right now it's yeah, it's it's ETH denominated, really, all of all of the staking type infrastructure. But you no know, are you aware of projects at this point in time that are providing the facilities where you could almost send ETH there and then it could automatically switch it or that accept ETH for more everyday type activities? So I'm thinking in terms of like you say there, if you've got a bank and where you could potentially have staking rewards you know, years into the future. Uh, automatically you know pay down towards a mortgage Um, are are you aware of many companies at this point or maybe you've had conversations that are trying to build those rails it's it's inevitable that they will be built but i'm certainly keen to get get your take on it
1: yeah so we are in conversations with different entities who are seeing you know very innovative and exciting prospects from what you can do with this steady stream of cash flows essentially from your from your node and from staking so they they're kind of slow to be developed. I think largely from a a kind of the regulatory kind of perspective, I suppose. But certainly we're expecting a secondary market for nodes and expecting people to have products where you can kind of pre-buy the cash flow from a node, for example, and you know various other um, models like that. And yeah, I mean, in in the same way that you see all sorts of new kind of financial products being developed. We're hoping that they're not all going to be kind of financial use cases necessarily, but many which are you know impact taking related or societal benefit related, I suppose.
0: Absolutely be awesome to see there. Rajesh, it's been really cool to talk to you. If people want to keep up with what's happening with launch nodes, what's the what's the best ways in which they do that?
1: Yeah, so our website's launchnodes.com, come and find us there. Similarly, we're on Twitter at LaunchNodes and LinkedIn. You can find us on on our Discord channel as well. So, you know, come and find us, engage with us. We've got a newsletter. We'd love to hear from you. And, yeah, very exciting times for everyone involved in this space.
0: Absolutely. I think especially to the, you know, Obviously, LaunchNode is doing a great job, but the impact staking as well, just it being something that can that, that, that we know that there's a real need across the board for as well. So it, it's a fascinating initiative. And I think the, the, these two areas, just look forward to seeing them grow and grow over the coming years.
1: Great speaking with you. Take care.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode. I have a quick favour to ask. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to it. Leave a five-star rating and review it. Even if it's just a few words, we'd love to hear from you, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Thanks. Until next time.